All right, guys, welcome back. Welcome back to the podcast. Oh, man, it's been a couple days, but um, I'm still recording. I'm still putting out um, episodes, but right now I'm kind of stockpiling. Um, so where have we left off here? Um, I mean, sometimes I use my current life as a um method to determine what I might record about and so um you know I talk about a lot of some of my personal life on this podcast um pretty often and so you know I don't like keeping people completely in the dark but you know, a lot of you guys know I live with roommates, housemates, um, mainly because it's a lot more affordable where I live. Um, I've mentioned before the aspects of um you know, the you know, the complexities of being of a certain age like my age and my thirties and living with people who are also living with housemates and so um there are a couple things um that I'm gonna start talking about but it's you know it's this is my break in the middle of my work today um one of the things I would say would be just kind of household rules um also the financial aspect financial savings financial planning um and then other things like local resources if you do need to move or even potentially the job market and any kind of barriers that might come up for people so um, with podcasting I noticed there's a lot of certain needs that people have as far as like resources and information even if it's not direct resources like hey call this person for this type of help for a b c or d or x y z you know items um so sometimes a person might need help with just the planning aspect of things with the housemates or with your housing situation if it's if it's roommates that's that's going to be different than neighbors um and the independence you have personally um with your housing arrangement is going to impact um other factors so you know sometimes you feel like you can't really pay as much or it's getting to become a barrier and this is a situation that I notice with a lot of my friends and so a lot of my friends were not licensed at a certain point and are newly getting licensed during this year, during last year, um, because the pandemic also, um, had a role in, uh, people not being able to, you know, take their exams and get, you know, the results back from the board. So they, their license wasn't 
posted or anything and they didn't have all the details of their ID numbers and all the stuff that they need to say, hey, I'm officially licensed. So now I can apply to these other jobs that require me to prove that I'm licensed now um, and can work at a for a different type of job where you would get more pay, more responsibility and more pay based on being licensed. Um, and to be licensed, you have a, you have to have a certain amount of hours supervised at a certain type of site. Um, it seems like it takes people about two years, three years, um, maybe up to four years just for the licensing part, depending which site you work at. I mean, you want every week to be counting a certain amount of hours towards your licensing until the point where you can take your exam. And then once you pass your exam and have all those hours and it has to be specific types of hours, um, like group therapy or super, you know, like individual supervision, group supervision, um, individual therapy assessments, different types of things. Like you're divvying up your hours that you work. Um, so that's just the field that I work in where a lot of people come from psychology or social work or, uh, marriage and family therapy, couples, family therapy, those types of, um, backgrounds. And they go from, a bachelor's master's and then having no license as a master's to getting a license as a master's or they go and get a doctorate PsyD or PhD or whatever type of doctorate they get that's relevant um so these are what the options usually would look like um and that boosts people into a different um place where they can afford to pay more so where I live you know I'm renting at under $800 to to have my own private bedroom but in a house shared with five other there's five of us total um and a lot of people I know have either family members that they live with or roommates that they live with and the few people I know that rent on their own are usually going to be paying um 1500 or so um on average for a studio of their own which as i mentioned with the pay rates and the increases with the all, all the inflation and everything that's not really enough like if you have no emergencies no major payments like car payments no major financial you know issues usually people can kind of make it work but what i see is when there's an emergency that comes up it becomes a nightmare because the jobs are so stressful and strenuous that you don't really have a lot of extra time or energy to work more or work a different type of job because you do need to kind of feel refreshed every single day. So, you know, because you're working with people's um, mental health and, you know, their stability and working in those types of environments. I mean, you definitely feel, you know, the type of people that you're around, like if you're around people who are quite unstable and you know crying and anxious and you know stressed out I mean even if you're able to kind of just like fully disconnect yourself from that it still takes a bit to kind of get you kind of feeling back on track um after just being in the presence of somebody who's got a lot going on and you're really trying to actively help them and this is like at least eight hours of your day every weekday so just balancing that out um you really want to have like 
and not just my field, but other fields too. You really want to have a home environment where you can actually recover so you can actually work properly. Um, but then that also is part of this cycle of, okay, if you're not living with people and your, your neighborhood's okay and your neighbors are all right, um, and you're not living with anybody else, um, but you're paying way more, that can be a financial burden or you can have some kind of social burdens when you're living with people and they just have really terrible boundaries. Um, it's like, do you want to pay almost double what you're already paying? Um, so I can give you an example because, you know, I always have examples, <laughs> unfortunately. So I've got a situation where, you know, um, we've got a person in our house that's just just wild. Like she doesn't she's not physically aggressive She's not, you know, a danger to herself or others, but she's just obnoxious and doesn't seem to feel like she needs to follow the rules. She's impulsive and doesn't seem to be able to fully control herself, Um, meaning, you know, she'll, you know, I work from home most days, so I'm, you know, at my computer, on my phone, calling clients, having sessions, calling providers we share a wall and she's over there having her episodes where she's yelling and I can hear like word for word through the wall what she's saying. And I mean, she kind of doesn't really like, we don't really think she's actually using the phone. It seems like she's kind of like responding to some form of internal stimuli and it's like, whatever. For me, it's not really a scary thing. It's just more of an annoying thing because it's like, dude, I'm working and then if she's in an episode, you can't really talk to her. So there's no reasoning with her when you're trying to be like, hey, can you please quiet down? She just wants to argue and bicker and she gets a little like, you know, just she's not really fully all there. And so and then the other times when she is fully there, she's at least right now, she's finally working. So she'll go to work and she'll leave and go to work and stay at work all the time. And so she gets home around four in the morning Um And then she doesn't have to be at work until about 6 p.m. or so. And so the whole time I'm home working, she's sleeping. So I'm disrupting her while she's trying to sleep. And then she wakes up and she's disrupting me because she, you know, because I'm working while she's sleeping. And so she can probably hear me on the phone and in my meetings and in my Zoom calls and stuff like that. And then uh, because our walls are super thin and then I can hear her when she's having her issues um, in her room. And so it's kind of like, she doesn't think that the things that she's doing are any different from the things that I'm doing. So because she has this weird work schedule now, um, because she hasn't had work since about like Veterans Day, and she's been working for like three weeks now. So uh, because she and her car has been broken down since near Veterans Day, and she hadn't had work, she hadn't had income, and she's borrowing one of the other housemates' cars all the time. A really old car that, like, this guy only really drives it, like, to the store locally and stuff. And so she's putting miles on it, she's putting wear and tear on it. Um, you know, there's going to have to be more money invested on his part, as well as her already having borrowed money from him to get her car towed home, and then her borrowing money from him for other stuff and then the rent's due today and and he's kind of like upset that she hasn't paid it yet and um she needs the car later and he's like trying to be nice about it and stuff and it's like oh my gosh like 
she's really out of control, right? But the rent's cheap. So the conversation I was having with him is like, how long do you really let somebody keep crossing the house rules and crossing boundaries of other people? Um, I mean, I have to work from home. Like, I can talk in the car, but it's like, you know, I can't be like out in the car all day long, just like working from my computer in the car, even though I get Wi-Fi and stuff. I mean, that's like weird. You know, it's like I have a desk, I have a house to work in and a chair and stuff so that I should work in the house. But I mean, at this point, too, this person has kind of outstayed their um, welcome of us really trying to accommodate her because she is so like out of control like with her situations you know she'll be there was a point where she would come knocking on the door two thirty in the morning three in the morning five in the morning like when people are sleeping and the house is so with so many thin walls wood floors it echoes um so you can hear her she stomps around she slams the doors like she just doesn't really consider oh, how's this going to affect other people who live here the way that I'm being right now? She doesn't seem to really care or notice. So taking all those types of things into account, she's really, really kind of creating a negative environment. But then there's someone who's more in charge of everything that he's kind of like managing the house and he... um kind of allows her to kind of just be this way without really fully kicking her out um and so he has mentioned that she needs to leave and things like that but he doesn't feel appropriate kicking her out when she's not fully stable with work doesn't really have a car uh she's female she's in her early 40s and this guy's like 60 70 ish years old so he doesn't feel comfortable just being like well you gotta go um but then on our end for the rest of us we're like dude we're all hardworking people and we try our best to be quiet and so why should we have to live with somebody who just can't control their emotions and their behaviors and it's been over a year going on like this where she has periods of silence and quiet because you know like, like lately she's mostly just been silent and quiet because um she works so much and she works such weird hours that usually like yesterday was the first time she's had an episode in maybe like two or three weeks or so uh with the exception of one where she was like yelling about her dad who didn't want to take covid precautions and he's a vulnerable risk category so um but yeah so um those types of things you know you can always set boundaries but it's kind of like okay like Where does it come to a point where, you know, there's someone else breaking the house rules. um, There's someone else who can't really manage themselves and their emotions and their um, finances and things like that. Like if she can't pay the rent, it doesn't affect the rest of us, but it affects the guy who's managing the house because he has to dip into his pocket, make sure that, you know, you know, he he's the one who's more responsible for if things go kind of wrong. So those kind of things. And it's like, we all kind of care for each other somewhat because we've, I mean, I've been here like three years, three and a half years or something like that. And so the reason why I like this house is because, you know, I don't mind living with people who are in their like 60s, 70s, like nearly retired and stuff. It's like, it's cool because at least like they're not really doing anything 
that's really going to be too concerning. I mean, they're just older people. And I kind of like that they have a maturity about them. And, you know, we're such a different age range that, like, it's not like I'm really expected to, like, hang out with them or anything. Like, we'll chat maybe a little bit. But mostly what we chat about is when this other person's having, like, a situation happening. So, um, we really, um, mostly tend to want to, um look at these different types of factors in life and say like is this a barrier is this a problem is this an issue is it affecting my mental health you know there was a point where it was like oh my gosh this is such a distressing situation I was like I'm literally gonna leave um but um yesterday it surprisingly didn't bother me as much because I was able to kind of voice my concerns and I was kind of like well she's just like popping off and like whatever and I kind of get like when she's like that, it's like, oh, I could tell she's not really in a state to be reasoning with anyways, like, so, you know, but at the same time, there's the question, like, why do we have to deal with her not being able to manage herself? So it's kind of things like that, right? Um, but the housing crisis situation, you know, is really a problem because of things like this. Like, I, I know a lot of people who are forced to choose between, you know, living with people so you can actually reach your financial goals, plan for your life, your future, your retirement, all these kinds of things, or you live alone and then, you know, can't really afford it. And then there are people who just totally move out of the state altogether. So, cause we have really high taxes. We have really high everything here in Southern California. So it's like, um, gas is like eight. I think the last time I bought gas, it was like $4 and 85 cents or something. I think I got like 56 or $54 worth of gas and it wasn't even a full tank. Like I already had like about a quarter of a tank and it already cost that much. Um, and food costs more. Any deliveries of any form are going to cost more. Um, everything kind of just costs way more than it already did as well as, you know, the options to move. If you're in a place where the rent is pretty controlled or they're just not increasing it, at this time, it, it, a lot of people are just trying to stay put. And that's kind of where we are right now. It's like, okay, let's try and stay put. We know that the rates probably aren't going to go down, but you're kind of stuck. And if you're like an LGBT person or whatever, like a person who's like a minority of some status and different to some extent, you know, you kind of worry about okay like if I'm moving housing and I have to live with other people are they going to be prejudiced if I go to a different job site is it going to be okay like depending on what type of minority you are you know you might be feeling stuck to stay where you're at just because the change you don't really know what's going to happen are you going to get a prejudiced boss or like the person you sit next to at your new job is going to be a prejudiced person or like what and a lot of people in society, their mental health has kind of decreased. And so because of that, it's like, it's hard to really know what to expect. Some people can't really manage their stress or their anger. And so you don't want to be like stuck in an environment where it's like, oh my gosh, I don't want to like deal with all this. But um, anyways, that's kind of one method of looking at things. That's kind of what's been going on with me lately, which is why I'm pretty exhausted but, um, I don't really 
have any major issues with any kind of um major stuff um not outside of this it's just this is kind of just what it what it always is right now so i'm gonna see kind of what happens with things um but you know i think those are the kind of questions that people need to be asking um when things are shifting all over like this it's like okay like is this is it worth sticking it out or is it is is it time to just kind of move on and find something that's going to work out better um there are sites like 211 um and findhelp.org that have updated resources um so you can call them or on findhelp.org you you have to go on the website but you can contact it and get what you need even if that res- means resorting to free food options from food banks so you can just save on groceries um some places have transportation vouchers for like public transit or like even um i don't know any place that has just like an easy bus pass or gas pass or anything like that but um they might exist it might just depend on the zip code um definitely housing resources places that have been like verified even if it's shared housing so stuff like that you can always just find something that makes a lot more sense um so there is support out there if you kind of need it but um yeah it's slow going but i guess that's all for now and good luck out there